0: It
1: is Wednesday, May the 26th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup and AFL adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson.
0: And my name is Charlie Clawson and uh, people are expecting a high energy podcast from me this week. uh, I've got news for you. I hate football. I have avoided football news at all costs. I have not listened or watched anything. I mentioned last week, Will, after the Geelong loss, that my mate Nick, who's a long-suffering Saints fan as well, that he he floated the theory that perhaps we were in hell, just like the good place. We thought for a moment that we're in heaven, but we're actually in hell. And uh, I'm starting to think that this theory has some credence. Because how else can you explain a decision five years ago for you and I? Two, play, two people who had like teams that had won one flag each to, let's do an AFL podcast, let's do a footy podcast. We love talking about footy. We've got a good self-deprecating sense of humor about our clubs. And then in that first year, I see you win a flag. And you know what? I was happy for you. It gave me hope. I'm like, that's great. A literal underdog story. All I need to do is bide my time and surely the wheel will turn. But no, 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 no. That would be too happy an ending for me. What I am going to do, what, I, what the devil... What El Diablo himself has in store for me is I'm going to do this podcast for Eternity and I'm just going to watch your team go on to become a powerhouse, multiple flags, a dog's dynasty, if you will, while my fucking team, my fucking team that beat you guys in a final, like, was it 12 games ago? We beat you in a final. We put in that effort. I can't tell you. Ugh. You know, it's been a lot of soul searching. I was angry at the club for a while. I was angry at the players for a while. And now I'm just angry at myself because the club is what the club is. It's like that, that that you know, that parable about the frog and the scorpion, you know. St. Kilda has always said to me, this is who we are. Don't get mad when we crush you every year. I'm the one who keeps bloody signing up for this. I'm the one who keeps fronting up, getting a little bit of hope, thinking that it's going to be different. But it isn't different. It's always the same. And it gets worse somehow. And and then I start to feel guilty because everyone that is in my immediate circle, like my wife and my friends, have to hear about this shit from me. And it's like, if I was in a relationship with this person, you all would have told me to break up with them a long time ago. But I, I'm an idiot. I'm a glutton for punishment. So let's talk about football.
1: So firstly, if this were the good place, this would be the final episode of the season where you have the realization of what has been going on. This is actually a very big breakthrough for you because maybe St. Kilda, like maybe your friend was wrong. Maybe it isn't St. Kilda that is putting you guys. Maybe you are literally the problem. Like in the good place, bad place. Like you have died and in some sort of like hellish, like, I mean the fact that you were going to be, you were going to go straight to the first like when Heaven was looking at you as a younger kid, you know, good Catholic boy, huge Catholic family, went on a missionary. Like went as a missionary. Like you were real, like you were a hot draft prospect. They were yep. like, we've gl- glad we've put all the, we've got him into the, you know, Catholic Church Academy early on. We've indoctrinated him through the schooling system. This is one of ours. Mm. Lock him in. Yeah, a whole holy father and son draft pick <laughs> is what they thought about you. <laughs> But you, you went away from the church, and you, you, you know what you did? Mm. You didn't look at those Ten Commandments where they said, you should not worship any other God but me, and you started to worship another God. And ironically, the name of that God was the saints. Like, mm. that's rubbing it in. If you're saying, I turn my back on you, actual God, but I, every weekend I'm going to go, see that fat bloke who's standing in the square? He's my new God. His name's Tony Lockett. We call him Plugger. I turn my back on you, Lord and creator of everything. And so now you're in some sort of purgatory. You're in a football purgatory where, like, what's your worst nightmare? It's literally, this is how it would be lured in. You think this is a good time. We start doing this podcast. We're sharing these stories together. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly my team, I mean, it's pretty much the only thing that really sums up what is going on in this scenario. Like, that's the only way the Bulldogs could actually have won that premiership. It's got to be a personal punishment to you. But not only that, to then... Have that hope for a second, you know, to buy into the idea if it can happen to Will, it can happen to me. And then the Saints gave you some reason to believe that maybe it was going to happen to them. You didn't just beat us 12 games ago. You embarrassed us 12 games ago. We flew into those finals and you just beat us up and made us look like we were miles off it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm look, I'm coming around to the theory that, like, you are in your own personal hell and I am your demon tormentor. <laughs>
0: But it's it it feels personal, like it Why well, I've been per- so
1: anti-demon? It's a, to throw you off the scent. <laughs> yeah, right, I am the demon. Perfect.
0: I mean, it is like it is one of those things that we discuss a lot on the show. About it's just an arbitrary decision. Like it doesn't really. You invest it with as Definitely. much meaning as you want. Like I don't have to care about football or my team this much. But you know, it's that 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 quote that I saw this year that is so ringing true. And it's the hope that kills you. You know, like he's just saw a glimpse of how they you know, if they'd kicked straighter against Geelong, okay, maybe we'll get the season back on track. And then eight days later to dish that up. And to, look, to be honest, I didn't even watch it. Like I didn't even, I watched five minutes of it. My, I was trying to get my daughter to sleep. I'm minding her on my own at the moment. So I finally got her down probably like, you know, an hour into the game. And I went down and I was like, before I turn this on, let me just check the score. You know, because if it's close, great. I'll just go back and watch the start. I'll get excited. If we're winning, even better. I can go in and be like, I checked the score at halftime. And I was like, what has happened? Like, I fully like uh, expected to jump on AFL.com and find out that, you know, 17 players had been withdrawn before the first bounce. Like, it was a cricket score. It was... Nick said last week, you know, they find new ways of breaking your heart. It's not just that. They find... New ways to lose. Like, I think this is the most we've ever lost to the Bulldogs by. It's the most we've ever lost at Marvel Stadium. And that aside is all fine. Like, te- you know, teams lose games and stuff. But we're a team that won a final last year. Like, this is the thing that I just, and most Saints fans just can't wrap our heads around, is like, who are these players? And, and, and what's here with this coaching staff? Did, were we just a team that just adapted to COVID better than anyone else? And that's, that's what we went off the back of. Shorter quarters, you know, hub life, all that kind of stuff. And now when we're sort of put back into the real world of football, we can't cope. Like Mick Malthouse was the one last year who said, ah, whoever wins the premiership this year, there'll be an asterisk next to it because it's not, you know, real footy. Fucking don't tell me Mick Malthouse was right. <laughs> well, I don't think there's
1: any asterisk next to Richmond and they won it. So I think that refutes the Mick Malthouse argument. But could it be true of St Kilda? Could it be true of Port Adelaide? Like, Are there teams that represented themselves better in hub life? Well, here's the thing, Charlie. As we know, in the last couple of days, shit's got real again. We might be about to swing straight back into hub life. We might be having a hub life-led recovery. You might see the Saints make a COVID-inspired run at the finals. <laughs> like, Wouldn't this might be, be <laughs> the so for Port Adelaide. See, so like, it's bad for the world, but it's been great for the club. It's really
0: bonded them back together. They're playing as a cohesive unit. I mean, I don't necessarily buy into, like, I understand this idea of, well, look, you know, what do you expect when you bring in a bunch of, like, you know, trade in a bunch of players and you don't grow them from the ground up? Like, for a start, they're fucking mm. professional footballers, all right? Like, just because you drafted them an 18-year-old doesn't mean that there is some kind of inherent, uh, you know, birthright that they are a bulldog or a saint or a bomber or whoever, whatever team they get drafted to. Yes, I understand the bunch idea f- that... A bunch of those Richmond guys didn't come from Richmond. Yeah, Port Adelaide... They grew up on Bridge Road. Look at Port Adelaide's best players, apart from Robbie Gray and Travis Boak. They're all imports. Charlie Dixon came from the Gold Coast. Like, that that's what... Ali Ali came from Sydney. Like, teams do that. There's this just kind of... I mean, look, I know... I said I didn't read anything or or, or watch anything, but I I do feel like I've picked up stuff through osmosis. You only need to read a headline or whatever. And I just, without even reading the full articles, I can tell what everyone is saying about the club. And you know what? They fucking deserve it. Like I defend St. Kilda to the hilt and I am, you know, a passionate Saints fan, but Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Like it's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing to be a St. Kilda supporter sometimes. Like, what do we stand for? One flag in one hundred forty fucking plus years, and then this happens. Like I just, I just don't. I just, I'm, I'm done. I'm fucking done. I feel like I'm done. Will, you have to talk me off the edge of the cliff. Okay, I'll talk you down. Okay.
1: N- never watched the game. I mean, there's nothing to be gained from watching the have game. Have you seen?
0: What, have you seen the documentary Grizzly Man, where, <laughs> where Vim Venders listens to the tape of that guy getting, like, eaten alive by the bear and then says to his girlfriend, whatever you do, never listen to this tape. You must never listen to this. Is it like that? Yes, in
1: that I think that there is some value that if you did see it, the Bulldogs were just very good. They had one of those nights where they got their game going and it was irrepressible. I can't remember watching a game like where I was just like, we are so in control of this. Like we are just doing everything we want to do, like just the disposal, the tricks, the goals, just everything about it was so – like even when we weren't scoring goals, we were just dominating possession and just it was one of those ones where when you're barracking for the team, I can't actually remember – like, we kind of dominated that game more than I've seen them dominate a game in a very long time. I don't think it was all the Saints' fault. I think it was just one of those things that the Bulldogs' style, if it, if you let it get going, it's very hard to stop. Like, Richmond found a way to stop it, but in a general sense, like, I mean, what I loved the most about it was, I mean, Trelaw went down, and it's a pretty serious injury, and I think, you know, we've lost Dunkley now from the midfield, we've lost Trelaw from the midfield, but you did really see, oh, Bailey Smith has more time to get the ball now. And Bailey Dale has more time to get the ball now. And like some of this next generation of talent that they've got in the Bulldogs. It was, it was one of those games where it wasn't like St. Kilda were like kicking the ball into their head or anything. You know what I mean? Like they weren't embarrassing themselves other than They weren't really playing in the game much. Like they were just there to make the Bulldogs, look witches good, hats. but they didn't, but they didn't look, bad if that makes it is that a weird i mean of course they must have been bad but they didn't actually they probably didn't have the ball enough to (laughs)
0: really fuck shit up yeah i mean it's probably a case of like the day we had our worst game you had your best game it's just like it was the imbalance is that great but the thing is will we've had that like worst game four times this year and early on i was like okay well it's an injuries thing and we just got no rhythm and stuff but We don't actually have a lot of excuses now that it's halfway through the season and every team has injuries and stuff. It's just, I just don't get it. I just don't, I don't get it. And I don't know if it's, I mean, I would love to be making fun of us. I'd love to be barracking for another team right now and just making fun of St Kilda for being like the Charlie Brown of the AFL. But it fucking sucks, man. It really fucking sucks. And it sucks to have to talk about football. For another however many weeks, 14, 15 weeks that we're going to do this show, and potentially I just watch my team just fucking fart about and beat some lowly teams and get thumped by the good teams. It's like, he it gives a shit. i got better things to do with my time. Like well, don't. That's the Friday, worst part.
1: We, we almost <laughs> missed Friday night's game because of COVID. That's something. Like, I mean, we didn't... Bont re-signed. Good week for the Bulldogs. I mean, that yeah. was... I, I wasn't willing to say out loud in public how invested I was in that decision because I mm. thought at age 47, I was beyond having that level of an affection for a sports person, but it truly would have broken my heart if I, 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 there was a few times during the early part of the season where I literally, like I was just trying to get inside his head. I was like, <laughs> he's such a nice guy. He's such a good leader. What, what would ever motivate him to go to another club? Like what would it take at the Bulldogs that, and he said uh, that basically he said to them at the start of the season that he was probably going to re-sign, but he just wanted to see how how they started and how they went early on. Right. And I think if nothing else we get out of this season, we played well enough that Marcus stayed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's having. Like, even if we if, even if we don't win the grand
0: final, like, even if, whatever, we played well enough that we didn't lose the bot. I mean, the, of all the things that he's ticking off this year, I mean, he'll probably win a Brownlow as well. Of all the, he'll probably be a premiership captain and a Brownlow medalist, but. Of all his accolades this year, I think his Amy ad is possibly the standout. Like, I saw that ad, and it took me, like, 30 seconds to realize it was Marcus Bontempelli. He's so... Like, I'm an actor, and I watched him going, he's committed. Like, I totally buy that he's a dude, his car's broken down, he's got this really important mission. Like, he's... So he, so he can play football with you He can also act. I mean, the guy is just in that sweet spot. I reckon... They should just like put him in charge of the vaccine rollout. I reckon the Bonta get it done. Get him to do it on foot. I mean, we know he's, he's got like silky, silky skills it. and delivers the... Delivers it has it. been, as we know, an issue with
1: delivery. Yeah. And there is no one who has less of an issue with delivery in the AFL than Marcus Bontempelli.
0: I mean, Marcus, we know Imagine- you deliver the ball lace out. Can you deliver uh, an injection needle out? <laughs> That's what we're saying. Just <laughs> kick a bunch of needles into these apartments, can you? You'd fucking hit the target each time
1: pre-game entertainment so you get a whole bunch of like yeah get people into different bays and they're all like in age groups and so you got your over 50s that are all in one particular bay and then just before the game like they used to kick out little footies but bonk comes out with like you know just a bag full of syringes and some uh, vaccines and he just kicks them into people in the crowd
0: well i'm sure a bloody uh Footscray wouldn't have a hard time finding a bag full of syringes would he <laughs>
1: Josh Bruce kicks a couple of AstraZeneca's
0: into his own face. <laughs> Blinds himself. Misses the grand final. So Josh Bruce. All right. You're not spe- I mean, look, so far in you talking off the cliff, you've basically talked up the Bulldogs for the last five minutes. Where's my uh, Where's my well, ray of hope? Where's my silver lining? Well, your ray of hope is
1: actually containing what I'm saying because okay. I think that the Bulldogs like just had a really great day. I don't think that, yes, St. Kilda are patchy, but it's never as bad as it seems. It's never as good as it seems. And I think this game, you would be an absolute fool to make really bold decisions about how good the Bulldogs are and how bad the Saints are based on this game because I just think it was one of those days.
0: Well, you know who leapt to St. Kilda's defence was Gerald Healy, my favourite commentator, Gerald Healy. (laughs)
1: Gerald. Yeah, (laughs) who... I made a little comment on last week's podcast about the fact that he puts in some anti-Dan Andrews propaganda into his into his quiz, and got some feedback from some people going, "You've clearly not been listening as much as you used to, because that is not a one-off occurrence. He is just slipping in some dictator Dan shit in the middle of like footy quizzes on a regular basis, apparently."
0: Oh, he's going to have ammunition this week, that's for sure. Uh, Yeah, he was because when um, they got Nick Revolt to do a pretty um, forensic dissection of what's going on other actually Rui was pretty spot on I mean the thing that's the other thing too that I think people have underestimated is it's not such so much a power vacuum but when you have a figure like Nick Revolt at your club for 15 years who is such a leader and a professional and set incredible standards and stuff and then he then he leaves like I think a lot of there was a lot of deferring to Nick you know there wasn't that maybe the leadership spread wasn't uh, as wide as it could have been because you had such a standout leader who set such high standards himself. And then, because the year after Nick left, we fell in that hole in 2018. And then we sort of found our feet again. But, you know, look, I love Jack Steele as a player. And, you know, I think Jaron Geary is very serviceable. But I don't see a lot of leaders out there. Like, I don't see a lot of players who are like, talking to each other and urging each other, you know, to raise their standards. Like I do feel like, I think we've got a lot of good players, but they're all fucking introverts. Even Max King is, you know, potentially could be our, our best player. He's a shy 20 year old kid. Like he doesn't have that kind of, he's not at that level yet where he can, he can lead. And it's just, it's just so disheartening. You know, it's just so, it's just so frustrating. Cause I just don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know how I'm going to get through the rest of this year, honestly. If this is what it's going to be like, where we, you know, play okay one week and beat a team we should beat, and then get absolutely pummeled by a real genuine contender, then that's not fun. There's no fun in that. I mean, it's taking a lot of the joy
1: away from how good my team is as well. <laughs> Maybe I'm in the bad place. Maybe this is the great reveal that my bad place is that I am having this incredible success with my team but I just don't feel in a position to really celebrate it because you're going through
0: this terrible time. Well, you can fucking celebrate it. I mean, your team is good. And I mean, I would look part of me is like, if I, if I'm honest, I don't want you guys to win another. <laughs> like I don't yeah, want you to get, enough. I don't want you to get too far. Like I'd appreciate postcode. you to be honest. Yeah. I yeah. don't want. Like, I don't, if you get too far out of my postcode, I I worry that it'll affect our friendship and the way yeah. we relate to football. Like, I, don't I, I,
1: I personally, just for balance, am willing to roll the dice on that. Let's see how it feels.
0: <laughs> of course, because you're moving up in the world. Like, you know, this is goodwill hunting. You know, I, I want, I'm, I'm goodwill. I want you to stay. Let's just bloody stay and be working class. And you're like, mate, I'm a genius. I've got to get out of here. I've got to make something of my life. I mean, the Western, it is one of those times where,
1: because again, as you said, I have nothing to do with it. It is not like I am some great investor that just saw the value in the Western Bulldogs at an early age and was willing to ride the, you know, the highs and the lows of it to get to this period of time. But it does feel like when you look at that Bulldogs team and you look at the depth they have and you look at the players that they've managed to, because we've still got a better team than the team that played on Saturday night to play for us. Like, Jamara hasn't debuted. English wasn't playing. Dunkley wasn't playing. Trelaw didn't play for most of it. Like, Wallace is still in the two. It's like, there's there's a whole bunch of like really decent next level level players who might even make that team better than the team we currently have. It's it it's exciting. It's genuinely, you're like, oh, this is. And I feel like you're
0: a real downer. And you're ruining it for me. <laughs> I am a real downer. But fuck you. I mean, you've seen a flag already. Like, and you get to have another one as well. How is that fair? I mean, and the other, that's the other thing, is like. You know, I'm, I, I talk about jumping off and stuff, but I'm not. I, I can't. I can't jump off because you know what'll happen. I mean, this is, this is this, this this is the good place. If I jump off, they'll win a flag. I'll do a bloody Alex Williams. I'll jump off a team. I'll, I'll follow one, another one, and then the team that I was originally with will go on to win a flag. But I don't know, man. Then like, don't
1: you owe that to them? If you really care about them, don't you owe it to them to to leave them and let them win a flag without the dead weight of you around their ankles?
0: Yeah, maybe. But I just don't know if I could support like another team. I don't know if.
1: Okay. Let's put different direction. All right. Out of desperation comes opportunity, right? It's always sure. darkest just before the dawn. You're a Saints ambassador, but as we've spoken about previously, you know, there's a couple of high profile St. Kilda supporters who tend to, you know, just be a lot list than you
0: are. Yeah.
1: You're never really probably going to do anything in your life and I mean this in the nicest possible way, I think you'd agree with me, that's going to rocket you past a Molly or a Warney or an Eric Banner. Like you've left your run pretty late. This podcasting is really going to have to kick off that (laughs) you're suddenly a more desirable, in the same way as like, I need Chris Hemsworth to die in a terrible accident for me (laughs) to get back up the rankings at the Bulldogs. I understand it. There's nothing I can do about where we sit in the star structure. But is there a possibility that the club goes so badly that those people, those fair weather fans the high-profile celebrities, they mm. turn on the club. Because sometimes you see that, right? Warnie or take off yeah. on the Saints. Maybe you've got to be in the background a little 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 finger style, little mm. Sam Mitchell style, whispering in people's ears, but you're actually working against purposes. You're trying to get Warnie offside with the club. You're trying to get Eric Banner to say, I'm not going to go to Saints games anymore, because then that's a clear run for you to rocket yourself up to the most valuable Saints-supporting celebrity.
0: But why would I want that if this is the kind of fucking team they're going to be? Will well, why well when would they want... come
1: back, no, uh, you weasel well, in, in these dark times.
0: So I'm playing a um, uh, that's a big gamble. Like you know, I'm I'm that's a lot of effort for something that has not happened in my lifetime. <laughs> You know, like there's not a lot, if we look at history, there's not a lot of evidence that, that to suggest this this is a gambit that'll that'll pay, pay off in my favour. I mean, Eric Banner has been strangely quiet. You know, who hasn't been quiet is Andrew Bassett, the uh, the president, He sent out a letter, an email to the members on I think it was Monday night, and uh, I know a lot of Saints fans feel a little funny about it because he sort of I liked it. I thought it was actually quite an honest and and transparent you know bit of correspondence where he said look uh and i'm paraphrasing but this is what no one at the club thought this is where we'd be in fact i think he, he used words along the lines of this is even worse than our most pessimistic expectations for 2021 and then he also said something that was sort of people found controversial where he said you know we thought that You know, our window to really be a contender was 2022. That all we wanted to do in 2021 was to compete well against the top teams. And then the window would really be ours in 2022. And so there's a bunch of Saints fans who are like, oh, fucking, what are you talking about? And we played a final and that's like loser mentality. I'm like, I like that honesty. We did. We did arrive ahead of schedule, I think. You know, considering what our drafting and our trading process has been like in the last couple of weeks, I think we were a little ahead of schedule. But what I'm thinking is that maybe the year we're having now is the year we should have had last year when we first brought in, you know, uh, what do you call them? The foreign legion, you know, Brad Hill and Zach Jones and Dougal Howard and all those guys. So maybe the year we're having now is the year we should have had last year where there's no connection. The performances are completely inconsistent, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then if they're talking about the 2022 window, we have, the good year where we play finals and have maybe a surprise win in 2021 and then we contend next year. But because we've got the fucking progression back to front, I don't know what happens next year. Maybe we go backwards. We started in reverse. I mean, you could argue that the Bulldogs winning in 2016 or the Hawks winning in 2008, they were ahead of schedule. Now you guys are kind of where you should be considering the draft picks and the trades you've had.
1: The mix of that team also meant that there were like – You know, for a team that won in 2016, there's a whole bunch of those players who aren't at the club or aren't playing in the ones in in 2021, right? Like, Mm. there's been a massive turnover of players. Some of them good, some of them ended their careers. Like they're at the this list that Bevo seems to have compiled, and the team down there have compiled over the last few years seems to be building a whole bunch of people. (coughs) You don't. It's not enough to have just one or two or three a Jack Steele or whatever who's a good player you need Zach Zach Jones to be playing alongside him and you need Brad Hill to be playing alongside him and you need those guys to have like that's how it works now it's just not enough it's too much on the shoulders we've seen it at Carlton with Cripps right Mm. if you just leave it to one person it is a bigger job than just a one-person job so you kind of need to have enough years where you get enough I mean the Bulldogs have been lucky we've had some father-sons and some academies and, and a bit of luck the Saints needed a bit of luck. That's what they need. They just need to have you know the rub of the green, a that's little bit the, of luck.
0: That's that's the Saints' story for 140 years. I mean, well, the ball. I mean, just...
1: then your luck's got to turn. That's the, the way you of think? luck. That's how well, it works. The further we <laughs> are, the, the just further we put are. down your last hundred because <laughs> just
0: because it's come up red all those other times does not mean. Uh, well, let's, uh, we'll do a change of uh, we'll Stop being the St. Kilda misery hour. And let's talk yes. about one of our favorite players, Matt Rowell, with a bit of rowling in coverage or where's Matt at? Some exciting news where's Matt um, at? out of the AFL, uh, out of the Gold Coast, uh, uh yesterday, uh, things might've changed, uh, considering that the, uh, the Suns Hawthorne game has now been postponed, but, uh, the headline is Rowell return could happen within weeks. Now you remember, Will, a few weeks ago, I made the prediction that, the uh, Gold Coast only needed to win another four games and just hang on till round 14 when he was first predicted to come back. Then they wouldn't lose another game, and they'd make the finals and he'd win the Brownlow. Now, if he comes back earlier than round 14, bloody hell, who knows? I mean, they might finish top four.
1: So, what's the prediction? Where's he looking at coming back? What, okay. what
0: does the article have to say? Okay, this is from Michael Whiting. Matt Rowe could be back playing the AFL in less than three weeks. So one week early. The Gold Coast midfielder is ramping up his recovery from a PCL injury suffered in the opening round against West Coast. Coach Stuart Dew said next week would be vital in the 19-year-old's progress. Structurally, his knee is fine and he's advancing in his skills, Dew said on Wednesday. Probably in seven to eight days, we'll have a bit more of a time frame. At the moment, he's ticking all the boxes to be thereabouts after the bye so when they say that structurally his knee is fine and he's advancing in his skills does that mean he's now like he's he's that he's done all his like testing and stuff and he's moving to ball work i imagine i
1: mean <clears throat> this is a man who's got 52 footballs at his own house yeah like, how do you keep, keep him, away him away from a football from, <laughs> i mean do they have to lock up the 54 52 footballs like in a time where he's not meant to be doing ball work where he's got to look after his knee how does he resist that temptation at home when he's just surrounded by the thing that he loves that he can't touch? Do you think that maybe
0: what they did is they take the 52, they'd say, look, Matt, we know you love your 52 footies, but we can't have you touching these before you're ready. So we're actually going to restitch all 52 into just one giant football. One, <laughs> so he still has them, but it's just one giant football that he can't possibly take out and kick. Although, if I know Matt Rao... <laughs> He would have taken that giant football out of the park and he would have been doing bloody skill sessions morning, noon, and night. Ground ball gets one-handed pickups, spinning out of trouble with a giant football made out of 52 other footballs.
1: I like to think that they made him, you know how they'll get them to sleep in those, like, you know, oxygen chambers and stuff like that to aid recovery. I hope that he slept inside his giant footy. (laughs) They made him a giant footy. They zipped it open. He popped in there at night and they gassed him up to help him recover.
0: So, do you think it's old? Or is it like one of those kids, you know, how kids have like race car beds and stuff? Do you yeah. think they just took the giant football <laughs> and made like a nice leather bed out of it that he sleeps in, just a giant football? I mean, he is a giant kid. Like, he's only 18 or 19 or something, isn't he? Uh, 19 years old. The article goes on just to talk about how much Stuart Hughes is looking forward to taking on the Hawks at Darwin this weekend, which, as we know, is not going to happen. I mean, the real bummer about this whole COVID is that um, they've cancelled all the Sir Doug Nicholls uh, round launches and, and all the, the festivals around that, which is really annoying because I love Doug, uh, Doug Nicholls round. The Saints jumper this Don year. Rickles <laughs> Don, Don, Don Rickles round. I love that Don round is the, one of my absolute favourites. The zinger. It's just, it just insults. <laughs> <laughs> from at the press conference, is just the uh, coaches just hurling zingers at journalists. Who do you think would be the best at hurling zingers?
1: If if the coaches had to go, Don Rickles. Yeah. Um oh, you know, I okay. reckon
0: Chris Fagan. Chris Fagan has a Don Rickles kind of like, you know, he has a pretension of being like, ah, oh, geez, you know, but he could just be hurling out some Don Rickles style zingers. Yeah, I think
1: he could too. He's got a bit of old school about <laughs> yeah. him, and like Fordville. in the right, if you got him, I think he probably has like a. Like people who have that level of compassion also have a, they can see the worst in people as well, but they have a way of managing it and hiding it and not like letting it dominate their personality. But if they are given permission to let it out, in yes, I think he and and I think Chris Scott would take it too far.
0: Yeah, He like, would be more the, like your your edge lord kind of moody real comedian. mean. Yeah. Just
1: real real man <laughs> there'd
0: be there'd be cell phone footage of Chris Scott like just tearing into a journalist yep. they' just get released online and it'd be cancelled
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah <that's... laughs>
0: who designed the Bulldogs uh, indigenous Guernsey this year uh
1: there was a Lindsay Gilby connection I know that I know that I saw him explaining it uh, I can't re- I can't remember I did watch a video about it earlier in the week I should remember but I would love, we've talked about this a little bit before. Because we can't have uh, Sir Doug Nichols round, how about for the rest of the season as alternate jumpers, people wear
0: their indigenous jumpers? I love the indigenous jumpers. I would love it if they were a permanent fixture, if they were like the permanent away jumper or something. I just reckon they look so. Well, let's try it. Let's try it for the rest of the year.
1: Let's just say we didn't get to have. Imagine what kind of argument
0: Collingwood and Port could get into over their indigenous counties. Jesus Christ. That's a whole new can of worms.
1: I mean, I feel like it's bad taste to wear prison bars in indigenous rounds. I feel like that would bring out the worst in supporters, I've <laughs> yeah, got to be honest important. with you. So let's really
0: Well Nikki Winma designed the Saints one and uh, he didn't go with the traditional sort of the dot painting, indigenous painting. He went with like he's been doing art classes, so it's a, Nicky's Nikki's original yeah. but he slipped in a little silhouette of him in the famous kind of, you know, I'm black and my black and proud pose. And I'm like, has that happened before where the artist has just said I'm just going to throw myself in there. There you go, guys. <laughs> There's a little little oh, self-portrait in the corner a, there.
1: Equivalent of James Fosdyke, who does all our art for our podcast, putting secret dicks in the posters. <laughs> so that's essentially Nicky Wimire's much more sophisticated version of James Fosdyke's Hidden Dicks.
0: To get that joke fully, you probably should listen to our other podcast, Tofop, which is at Tofop.com, with a lot of other great podcasts. Will does one called Philosophy. Who's on this week, Will?
1: Uh, so this week on the show, um, a couple of really interesting people Anna Piper Scott who, uh, is a trans woman, uh, comedian and, uh, absolutely funny, really interesting story. And then, uh, tomorrow when people are hearing this, um, Andrew McCarthy, uh, yes, 80s Brat Packer, Ducky, Andrew uh, not McCarthy Ducky, Blaine, Blaine
0: himself, Blaine, Blaine. his Blaine name is Blaine, name? sounds like a major yeah. appliance, <laughs> star of mannequin yeah. and a uh, weekend at Bernie's. He
1: is on uh, Willosophy uh, on Friday. Everybody can hear that. If you're a Patreon sub- subscriber, patreon.com philosophy Willosophy, uh, you get it a day early ad-free. And we also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash Tofop, which uh, also covers this podcast. So if you like this show and you would like to support us financially to keep making it and put, keep putting out content, the best place to go is patreon.com slash Tofop. Uh, sign up and you unlock
0: a whole bunch of bonus material there. Uh, Well, it's time now for everyone's favorite segment, the Player Profile Pocket. What the fuck is it called? I can always forget. It's called the Pocket Profile. The Pocket Profile Pocket. It's that everyone's favorite segment, the Pocket Profile Pocket, all right? Shut up. Get ready for it. (laughs) (laughs) Good intro. Uh, (laughs) This week, uh, look, I don't have a lot to be happy about this week, all right? You're lucky I'm even doing the show. Uh, This week, we're going to take a look inside the brain or the mind, the brain and the mind, of Brody Grundy. I like it. Good. This was sent in by a listener who. I'm sorry, I don't actually know what your name is because I, when you send me these, it's it's like your handle, and I don't want to say your handle in case it's like I don't know offensive or something like that. But thank you, listener, who keeps sending this person. And you know who you are. And if you want to send me your real name and let me credit you next week, you can certainly do that. Uh, anyway, Brody Grundy. How well do you think, off the top of your head? How well do you think you know Brody Grundy? Not sure. Okay. Like, I, I really,
1: I think kind of my vibe is like intelligence meets hippie, not like a well, necessarily a, you know, have, kind of like having, absolutely full on student of
0: the game would be where I was going. Having read ahead, you're absolutely correct. I think if you can stay in that um, profile, if you were some kind of profiler, I think you, you you're well on your way to understanding the mind of Brody Grundy.
1: It okay. does make him less predictable, though. Like, I mean, you know, my usual lock-ins, LeBron James and, you know, the Super Bowl, <laughs> these sort of things might not necessarily be oh, the things that his, I
0: his, his dinner guests, not the, the typical Deli dinner guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, close. <laughs> Very... Anyway, we'll get to it. Let's start with an easy one. What is Brody Grundy's nickname?
1: Okay. Um Reg?
0: <laughs> nah <laughs> it's much um, more much less uh, clever than that Brody very, Grundy
1: Grundy Reg Grundy Undies no nah. Undy Mundy you're, th- you're overthinking it David Mundy Dave
0: hey, look, David and you, you're going alright we're going to have to stop we're going to have to stop. Broads again. That, well, close it's, Broads it's BG okay BG see and that alright that gives you little indicator this is not your normal footy player profile mm. BG. it's not well, when he's Broads, playing badly. It's not Bfg,
1: I'm... Brody fucking Grundy, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, not the big friendly giant, but Goliath. Good link back.
0: Um, as a kid, what did you want to be? I'll give you a hint, because it's not the typical answer. Um, a popular children's show for the time. Oh, okay. I wanted to appear. I wanted to appear. I wanted to host. No, no. As a, ki- to... no as a kid, what did you want to be? It's it was, a, it was a popular oh, so a
1: character show. from yeah this yeah. popular children's show, uh,
0: Dora the Explorer. No, a bit before that, sort of a bit after our vintage, I'd say. Oh, if okay. he was so ten not years like, old, and,
1: yeah. Okay, I'm trying to. Th- there's a bit of a gap in my knowledge. I'm thinking like early magic.
0: early nineties. They, they, they teenage mutant ninja Turtle. Some sort of uh, teenage mutant ninja. Yeah, Turtle. after that. Also had a, a Mighty Morphin name. Power Ranger. He wanted to be a Power Ranger. There you go. What team did he follow as a kid?
1: Uh, he's from Adelaide. Um, I know that. He's from South Australia. Um, so probably not, the Crow. No, no not, not South, a, Australia not a team. South Australian team. Victorian team. Because oh. I was going to say, he likes the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Maybe he was a Port Power fan also oh, yeah. and there's going to be a power stream uh-huh. through this. But it's a Victorian team that he buried for. Mm.
0: Collingwood? close Carlton 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 so far I don't feel like you're really getting him I think maybe no. I, ga- I gave you too much information at the start I've thrown you with all the kind of you know he's no no your, it's your just that bear. like
1: it like the thing about like predicting what AFL football is normally like there is a narrow field of choices I have yeah. whereas if you're You know, you're like Brody Grundy. You're like, this guy's off the reservation. It could be fucking anyone. He's crazy. Yeah, right. Like, it could be anything, right? Like, he's a madman. Back to Carlton. He was from South Australia. I don't know what's going on with BG. Um, I'm going to get inside his head. I'll, I'll get to, I'll get to know him as we go through.
0: I'm just I'm just looking ahead to see who he thinks who's his favourite comedian is, just to see how far off the typical this might be, is. This could almost be my <laughs>
1: like my one shot. If we're going to throw in a random element, if it turns out that Bj is a big fan of WA, I will be wrapped.
0: I got some bad news for you, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, actually yeah. no, you know what? Really? I mean, he could be describing you. He could be describing you, but we'll we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, who's the best player he's ever played with?
1: Uh, so, a, a fellow Collingwood player, Scott Pendlebury.
0: No, retired.
1: Oh, retired Collingwood um,
0: player. Doesn't mind a bit of a Twitter rant. Dane Swan. Dane Swan. Brownly medalist, that makes sense. I'm actually surprised they crossed paths. I would have thought that, you know, I guess... Cause I, feel, I, don't know, I actually don't know how long Brodie Grundy's been playing football. He came after that sort of premiership era, didn't he? He would have started... I guess he probably started as they were finishing. When he was finishing up, yeah. Uh, Who's his most admired opponent? Now, I gave you this clue last time and it didn't seem to help, so I'll give it to you again. This guy is a regular fixture at Sportsman's Nights as a punchline. Oh, um,
1: yeah, Dean
0: Cox. Dean Cox. (laughs) (laughs) If you could ask someone to be your mentor... Who would it be? Oh fuck! I got to Google uh, who this is. So is it a footballer? It's not. Yeah, somebody that no. I'm pretty go. sure it's a footballer. Uh, okay. Let me just find out. Current day footballer, Collingwood footballer, retired. Uh footballer. yeah, no. Plays for a South Australian team. You'll never get it. His initials are RA. Uh, I, I, I play, and he's now plays for the Gold yeah. Coast. Apparently, yeah. He started no. at Adelaide. He's now at the Gold Coast. Rory Atkins. They must be uh, South Australian junior teammates or something. Okay. Yeah. What is Brody's preferred grand final time slot? Day, night, twilight. <sighs> okay. Now, a so, bit of a different cat. Yeah. But not that different. <laughs> That's my <laughs> quote. Twilight. He's a twilight operator. Oh, fuck. Did that throw you? Night. No, I, I thought by saying, because we've had a twilight and we've had a daytime, but we've never had a night. That's why I was like...
1: Oh, man. I don't know Brody Grundy. No. He's 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 just a wild card.
0: Okay. Now, this one. If I give you the clue, I reckon it's going to give it away. Okay. No, I'm going to give you the clue because it's worth it. (laughs) Um, Who would you like to see at the half time Entertainment uh, at the grand final? My clue is, Will, if it was Friday Night Footy, you might see these guys as the entertainment.
1: Well, I mean, for a man who, when asked who his favourite player was, he said, it's a swan, (laughs) I imagine, coming (laughs) from the hills of Adelaide like Brody Grundy does, I imagine, it might be uh, suffer and pressure uh, themselves, the Hilltop Hoods, with DJ Debris on the decks.
0: Uh, In the South Australian theme. I think
1: the Hilltop Hoods would be a great AFL Grand They
0: should be. They're both big Port Adelaide fans. Absolutely,
1: they would be great.
0: Which reminds me, did you see uh, that video of um, uh, Tame Impala have redone the Frio song? So I didn't haven't watched the video yet, but I saw okay. the headline
1: that Kevin Parker had done it. He was a Fremantle fan and he'd done a new version of the Fremantle song.
0: Yeah, marginally better, <laughs> marginally, <laughs> like not even one of Australia's. Best musical acts can save that song. You know what? We can't do it today because I'm on the road and I don't have my proper gear, but next week we can play it and we can break it down because I was quite okay, excited babe. to hear it and I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> like, it's really unsavable, this song.
1: Well, I was like, is it going to go for 17 minutes? It like, sort of does. I'm like, is this going to be... So- oh, does it? Or it feels like Well, it, it, does. It's, it
0: sounds like... It's how many things can I make rhyme with Frio? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like,
1: like, he's... <laughs> like he's rung the Corey line, Lisa yeah, totally. Simpson style. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like uh, Rio. I got a Rio. Um, I do a Grio. I've got bad Bo. I'd like
0: to Co. Uh. You already said that one. I think okay. And staying with the South Australian theme, who's his favourite AFLW player?
1: Aaron Phillips.
0: Aaron Phillips. If he wasn't a footballer, what? Would you like to be? And this is oh, something that okay. I reckon you could guess about him. Um, the, it's, it would be a, an, it would be an a rock athlete and roll a different sport. something, or oh, an athlete of some, in, uh, a basketballer. No, think more like, you know, the mix between hippie and, you know, intellectual. Um, he a surfer. A surfer, professional surfer. What's a talent? that he wished he had. I'm actually surprised he doesn't have this talent because he looks like the first guy at to party who would probably do this. To play the guitar. He play the guitar. <laughs> Don't you reckon? He looks Sorry. like the dude who starts playing hallelujah at the party. Like everyone's having a good time at the party and then fucking Brody Grundy sits down because there's a bunch of girls there and he just pulls out the guitar and starts singing hallelujah.
1: Then Clarke comes in, grabs another <laughs> guitar.
0: <laughs> okay, here we go. Here's the big one. What makes you laugh? Now, it's not necessarily a person, it's a personality trait, which I'm that's why I'm saying that maybe he could be talking about you because I think so, I think some people would describe you this way in relation to comedy. Um, uh, well, now it
1: feels self serving, whatever okay. the answer well, is. Well, how about this? I'll like, it's a it bit easy. of a Rorschach test of me going, like, if I said intelligent comedy, for example, or intellectual comedy, or like news based yeah. comedy, All or right, something let, like that, let, let me reframe it. Would it. Be,
0: yeah. If you were to describe a manic pixie dream girl, what is a personality trait that you might say about that, that trope? Alternative? Close. A uh, bit more like... Offbeat? Yeah, that you're getting there. Yeah, Zooey, very de Deschanel. <laughs> Quirky. Quirky. <laughs> he likes <laughs> quirkiness. That makes him laugh. <laughs> uh, describe yourself in one word. And this is where I think, oh, yeah, This is we're getting to the heart of Brody Grundy. Human. I <laughs> 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 that would love it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've ever talked about this before, but when In Excess were looking for the nude lead singer and JD Fortune uh, was, were, was competing for it on that reality show, there's an amazing scene. He had two tattoos on his forearms. One said human, the other forearm said being. And uh, one of the other contestants was talking shit about him and JD pulled him aside and said, hey man, just because you're a human being, that doesn't stop you, and he stops his arm around from being human. (laughs) I could totally see Brody Grundy getting human being tattooed on his forearms. No, he describes himself as inquisitive. Okay. What did you learn about yourself during the COVID lockdown? Um, That...
1: They don't make beds for people as tall as me.
0: Well, he's not talking about masturbation, but it sounds like masturbation because he says that the most important thing he learned in lockdown was the importance of (laughs) self-love. And the only reason I know that he's not talking about masturbation is he then clarifies by saying, i.e., reading and exercising. (laughs)
1: Like, originally it said, i.e., not masturbating, (laughs) but they punched it up
0: the biggest thing you missed during hub life um, okay it, this is a long answer there's no way you'll be able to guess this because it's not a dog um <laughs> I'll just tell you what it is and you can break it down so the biggest thing he missed during hub life is a balanced lifestyle doing things I enjoy away from football outside of the club environment I missed this the perspective that this brings mm. inquisitive I
1: hate football. <laughs> It's lucky I'm getting a million dollars a year to play football because what I'm really saying is I hate football. You know what I hate? Being locked in a room with other footballers, having to talk about football and think about football all the fucking time. You know the thing I miss? Not being at the football, not having to fucking play football. I want to spend some of this million dollars a year on getting paid to play football on not being at football.
0: I mean, compare this one to like Johnny McCluck-Cluck's Player profile, where he's talking about you know the things you hate the most was so and so shit rig. <laughs> like there is a <laughs> golf, you know, between certain AFL players, and there there's like at one end of the spectrum you've got Brody Grundy, who's talking about a balanced lifestyle and doing the things away from football and the perspective it brings, and then you've got I hate my teammate shit rig. <laughs> What's the most enjoyable thing about hub life for Brody? Uh, it relates to an earlier answer. Um. Uh, oh, it relates to an early. early I mean, you day. know what? I'm just going to have to give you the answer again because it's so interesting. Yeah. We need to break it down. So the yeah. most enjoyable thing about Hub Life was surfing in Nusa with Langis and Lynchy, and the DMs in the spa with Trey Rusco. What is going on with Trey Rusco in the spa? I
1: mean, are they having deeper, meaningfuls? Because does it, he mean? DNMs? yeah. Is that actually what he means? DNMs. Does he yeah. say DNMs or did he say DMs?
0: D&Ms. D oh, Deep D- and okay. meaningfuls.
1: Yeah, I, I thought for a second he was like the, the DMs in the
0: spa <laughs> where we were like
1: we we're getting a lot of fruity Hoking direct messages. Is what I'm saying.
0: What do you think he was talking about with Trey? I mean, I guess about how much money he was earning <laughs> to yeah. not to and do like this he thing doesn't football. really enjoy. It was just real cool to
1: be like, wouldn't you love to not be here? Talking about football, thinking about football, spending these millions of dollars.
0: Uh, What's the least enjoyable thing about hub life?
1: Football, having to play football. People talking to me constantly about football. Not having my alone time. Not having my time for quiet contemplation about the mysteries of life.
0: This is a a pretty typical answer.
1: Uh, And my teammates, shit rig.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Being away from family. Uh, who was the biggest pest during hub life okay again I'm going to give you the answer because we need to
1: he kept wanting me to fucking play football (laughs) to talk to me about football it was so annoying it was not good for my work life balance
0: the biggest pest during hub life was again it was Trey Rusco and he was a pest because he kept coming into my room for hot chocolates and snacks and wanting me to drive him to the shops who is this Trey Rusco character is he just like a figment of Brutus imagination I've never heard of him and it's let's odd behavior.
1: Up, let's look up Trey Rusco and find oh, yeah. out a little bit about Trey Rusco if we can. Because okay. this he feels like at this stage, like a teaser pony. Like somebody that the club have employed because nobody else wants to have deeper meaningfuls with Brody in the spa. Brody, Brody grabs his towel, walks out half naked in front of everybody, puts down his guitar and he says, guys, anyone want to come in the spa for a deep and meaningful? <laughs> I want to talk about how much I hate football. And, like, they hired Trey Rusco to fill that role.
0: Okay, he's a little mini uh, pocket profile from the Collingwood Football Club website. Trey Rusko is a Western Australian. He was a breath of fresh air for the Pies when he was given a four-game stint mid-season in 2020, displaying promising signs. He kicked two goals against Adelaide uh, and North Melbourne and was lively against the Sydney Swans in his debut match. Possessing a high footy IQ, Will... <laughs> Oh, yeah. Roscoe is a talent who could excite Conwood fans for the years to come. Um, so take a look at him. Not dissimilar in his style. He's got like a ponytail. He's got a forearm tattoo. I could see these guys going. And he's played a total of seven games since last year. He was drafted at number 55. Uh, he's 92 kilos, 193 centimeters medium forward. Yeah, I could see these two getting along. I feel like he's the dude
1: we've got to get to get the human being tattoo. Yes. If the club came to Trey Rusco and said, "Look, you're banging on the door of selection. You've got a lot of promise. We love the D and M's you're having with Brody in the spa, but just to remind him occasionally that, you know, he's a human being, but he's also being human. Could you please get human and being tattooed on your arms, and we'll play you in the first? He would do that, wouldn't he?" I Trey? think so. Trey well, he's do already, that. yeah,
0: he's already got a tattoo on one forearm. It's just all he has to do is right. get another one on the other. Um, what about him coming into the room for hot chocolates and snacks and wanting him to yeah. drive him to the shops? Like, how? It says here that Troy Rusco was born in, like, uh, yeah, he was born in two thousand and one, so he's clearly old enough to drive.
1: Yeah, but he'd be on the cusp, like he's eighteen, nineteen. You know, like so. And maybe you, um, he just doesn't like to. He doesn't like to drive after a couple of hot chockies. <laughs> you know, he's full of sugar. Were they allowed yeah. to
0: go to the shops in Hub Life? I thought they were banned from
1: leaving the bubbles. Well, there might have been shops in the bubble. Ah, they right. might have been in a big enough bubble that there was some sort of shop that he had to drive into. Just I think he in... just. I think Trey just likes hanging out with Brody. Yeah, it's cute. Is what I'm hearing, I think it's, it's the like te- you know, Brody's I think the teaser are... Trey's like, hey, what are you up to? What are you up to, Brody? Yeah. And then it's like Brody's in his room, you know, just getting away, thinking about anything but football. Trey comes in with a hot chockey. yeah. Put some marshmallows in the top of yours, Brody. Hey, uh, H- you Trey. The-
0: when I hang my Collingwood Guernsey on the outside of the door, that's because uh, I'm inside uh, giving myself some self love. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you
1: know what I mean. Reading <laughs> and exercise. <laughs>
0: Exercising my balls, if you know what I mean. You don't have to say <laughs> if you know, it know, if what, you I know what I mean. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> after the end, I, I get it, Brody. You don't know <laughs> I know
1: what you mean. <laughs> I know exactly. I've got what you one mean. thing to ask you, Brody.
0: Can you drive me to the shops? <laughs> <laughs> What's the first place you want to visit after restrictions are lifted? And again, this is not your typical "I want to go to America or Bali" answer. This is. Not the birthplace of civilization, but it is one of the, uh, uh, it, 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 it's a, uh, it's one of the, early <laughs> one of the birthplaces, so I don't know how to describe it. One of the it. early adopters. What, there's a, there's so a wonder, of the wonders of, one of the wonders of the world is there.
1: Greece, China, um, uh, Italy.
0: Where do mummies um, come from? Not GWS. Egypt.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to go and visit Shane Mumford's birthplace, the birthplace of mummy, one of his other idols. <laughs> uh,
0: again, not a typical answer. What's a favorite sporting event you would like to attend? I mean, oh, how do I put this? So this is a traditional, it's a sport that is only played in one um, country. You can oh. only be a specific body type and shape to contend in it. I don't believe there's any female sumo, go, wrestling, sure in sumo Japan. wrestling in Japan. I mean, that sounds. That's, now, that's an answer I'd expect Brody Grundy to give, right? You know, it's not typical. Yeah. Sumo wrestling. There's no bloody Super Bowl or NBA finals for this guy. Nah. He wants to go I there go and to sip the his ball. green tea. That's where I want to go. <laughs> uh, what's the last TV series you binged on? I mean, he looks like a character. For, he could be a character in this series as a hunky doctor.
1: Uh, oh. Not Grey's Anatomy. Grey's
0: Anatomy. Really? Really?
1: (laughs) He's a Meredith Grey fan.
0: Yes. All right. Now, this is the big one. This is the one where I'm like, oh, who the fuck are we dealing with here? Okay. Three people you would like to meet. The first thing I'll say is none are athletes. So, straight away, we're in Brody land. There are no athletes here. One is a podcaster, (coughs) one is an English comedian. And one is an English pop star. Joe
1: Rogan? Tick. One is an English comedian. Russell Brand?
0: Tick. If you get this last one, then you are definitely, I feel like you've finally gotten the mind of Brodie Grundy, English pop star. And the third, English pop star.
1: Huge, (sighs) yeah. Pop star, not like a rock star, not like a Gallagher. Like we're talking, like a pop star. Male or female? Male. Robbie Williams.
0: Oh no! Do you want another go at that? No. Think of that. Who is probably the biggest? Oh, Ed Sheeran. Ed fucking Sheeran. Fuck.
1: Of course, Ed. Ed
0: Richards. <laughs> uh, yep. So that's the all right. That's so that's his guest, Joe Rogan, Russell Brand, Ed Sheeran. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, on that, what that dinner would be like?
1: Well, you know what it is. It's a real sign of like where Brody's alternative look <clears> at life is. He's not that alternative. Mm. He's just alternative for an AFL player. He's yeah. got a ponytail. He thinks about things other than football. You know, he. Like, listens to Joe Rogan, which, look, maybe he's just like, you know, I like to hear provocative ideas. Maybe he doesn't subscribe to everything that, you know, Joe Rogan subscribes to. Maybe he does. Maybe he just wants to
0: try DMT. He
1: just loves eating elk. He likes to hunt his own elk. It's his favorite thing. It's his chorizo pasta. Um, I think that Russell Brand, he looks a bit like Russell Brand. That doesn't surprise me. And it's that spiritual, that faux spiritual, Mm. you know, like, that repackage Russell Brand's taken, you know, the Alcoholics Anonymous book and just repackaged it in sort of a commercial and fun way to understand. And I think that there's a market for that sort of pseudo spirituality or whatever it is that Russell does. Um, and then Ed Sheeran is like, yeah, he's like a pop star. It's pop music, but he's like a, he's scruffy and he doesn't like dress like a pop star. He's got a tattoo. Like,
0: he's got a tattoo yeah, exactly. or tattoos or something. You're right. Yeah, it's totally. safe, safe alternative, alternatism. Yeah. Um, who's your favourite team or sports sports person outside of uh, football? It's an American team, basketball. Yes.
1: Um, the uh, sh- uh
0: the Golden State Warriors, the LA Lakers. Uh-huh. Gee, I really thought. Look, I mean, look. There's not a slide on you I really thought you would have gotten more but as I'm reading this I'm like it's impossible because he is so not typical you've been conditioned 10 weeks of doing pocket profiles to just pick up all the signals of you know where a player's going but, but how also you- for me if you're like a bit of an
1: alternative dude and then you're back for the Lakers yeah, like that's that's
0: that's, that's the mainstream. Ed Sheeran <laughs> that's the Ed Sheeran of basketball <laughs> what's games. not even
1: Golden State Warriors is the Ed Sheeran like you know they've had the same level of success they're still in California like you're getting all the benefits of the Lakers but just a little bit of the cool credit of being the Golden State Warriors it's a hippo like San Francisco it's like a hip part of California like yeah. that's a very predictable choice the Lakers
0: what's the best sporting event you've ever seen um it was a soccer match Uh, Barcelona and I'm going to get this name wrong and people always fucking torch me when I mispronounce things but is it pronounced Juventus 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 okay right. if you won 10 million dollars what would you buy first and it's just a very generic answer
1: (laughs) for 10 million (laughs) Jesus Christ I'd put a down payment on on World Peace Uh, Bitcoin Dogecoin uh, you'd buy a house
0: no, he'd buy a chip around the world. He needs to see things, okay. man. He needs to go skinny dipping off the coast of Costa Rica with spider monkeys, man. Take some DMT, kiss the face of God. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> uh, something people would be surprised to learn about you. I'm not surprised. I to hear hate this. football. <laughs> I
1: could not. Like, honestly, it's the worst game that I've ever seen or played in my life.
0: He's studying an MBA. M. For Matthew MBA, that's not surprising at all. He strikes me as someone who can't wait to get to his life outside of football. <laughs> uh, his first car was a Australian classic, a Ford Falcon, Holden Commodore. Uh, oh, you, what's his you, what's <laughs> what's his normal coffee order? Uh,
1: oh, is, is is he alternative in his coffee order? No. Is he? No, this is pretty no.
0: generic. And the weight conscious generic skinny, flat, white, skinny latte, S- skinny latte, but with one sugar because he likes to spice things up. Mm. Um, what's his dream place to live? And I'm gonna have to google it because I mean, I was joking before about him wanting to skinny dip off the coast of Costa Rica, but I, I think this might be in Costa Rica. Uh, <laughs> it's called the magical Cinque- kingdom of Narnia, Cinque Terre, Cinque Terre. Okay. Uh, it's in Italy, um. And what? Okay, sure. He what, well, He wants to travel uh, look, the world. Look,
1: like, he, there is a.
0: Yeah. So, what's he going to do after football? Travel the world. Travel. What is the most Buck enigmatic off. thing you could say? Live. Um, it's also Eat, pray, love.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's close. <laughs> to be determined. Retire. To be determined. Oh, yeah, the future right. is not yeah, the written. title the title of his autobiography, to be determined. To choose your oh, own adventure. But I'm the person
0: a... choosing the adventure. That's a great name for a footballer's biography to be to, to be determined because I was.
1: <laughs> Will
0: to spend my life anywhere but football? <laughs> Let's dip into the two guys one cup mailbag. Um, yes. If you want to follow us, we're at uh, Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. In fact, every Thursday we do our tips on uh, Instagram. It might be a bit difficult this week because uh, of the current state of lockdowns in Melbourne, which I'm currently in, and I, sh- I may be travelling. Um, yes. Stay tuned. We'll, we'll send a message out on the Instagram tomorrow to say if we're going to do the tips and when that might be. It might have to happen a little bit earlier, or it may not happen at all. So stay tuned for that exciting bit of news. Uh, but for now, this is from Dom. Uh, I've got an even better idea for Melbourne season. They stay on top of the ladder when every game from here convincingly, and then they have a massive COVID outbreak the week of the grand final, and the season is called off. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty good. It's pretty. Terrible. I like it better. I mean, losing, I like...
1: losing like they did to Adelaide, gave us a little sniff of the old Melbourne for a second, didn't it? There was just a little yeah. bit of you're like, oh,
0: I like this. I remember yeah. this too. This is fun. Especially in the circumstances, with the, a clearly a deliberate out of bounds that wasn't paid.
1: I mean, yes, I mean it was. It, it it felt like the old Melbourne just for a second, rich like it felt like the old times. You know what I mean? Richmond are in ninth place. Melbourne were winning game, losing games that they should have won. Like it felt like everything was just like, oh, this is how it used to feel.
0: Yeah, uh, Jesse wants your opinion on this nickname he's come up with. Uh, For the St Kilda footballer, Dean Kent. So you start Dean Kent, Kent, Kentos, Mentos, the Freshmaker. What are your thoughts, Will? Love it. Love it. Because I just assumed at Kent he was going to
1: go Clark. (laughs) Yeah, right. That would just be the place where I would go at Kent. I saw Kent coming and I was like Clark, Clark, rubber, rubber, fucking uh,
0: prophylactic, condom, dom, good. We call him goody. I do believe there was a Saints game a couple of years ago where Dwayne Russell went off the deep end with those uh, comic book puns, where he said, uh, "Dean Kent, they've got a Clark, they've got a they've got a Kent, they've got a Jack Steel, Steele, and they've got a Matthew Parker who's like Peter Parker." And it's like, "All right, Dwayne, okay. settle down with the hyperbole. Oh, <laughs> You're stretching it a bit too much." They have some surnames that are similar to comic book characters. It doesn't mean we have a team Daniel full of superheroes.
1: He's in the hands of the trainer, Doctor Octopus. The new <laughs>
0: No? Uh, uh, Rory, Dwayne, of, of course,
1: th- uh, his nickname, Pipe, one of the good football nicknames, Dwayne Pipe.
0: Uh, <laughs> that's because he loved to hit the ice pipe. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, Is well, right? he was in Geelong. Yeah. <laughs> uh rory wants to know which games of throne characters afl players coaches footy personalities the equivalent of i believe we've done that in an earlier episode so you, uh rory you might have to trawl through some old episodes to get to uh, the game of thrones stuff josh wants to know before the 2016 grand final what game will was it that you watched the most and what was yours charlie um, well, I think that there's two games I watched a lot. The 2005 qualifying final where we beat Adelaide in Adelaide. Rob Harvey played an absolute blinder of a game. Kicked, I think, three goals. Had 27 possessions. James Gwilt made his debut or played his third game. We dominated. And then the Rob Harvey 350th game where we beat West Coast in Perth. They were, they're were two home and away games that I watched a lot. Oh, one's a final, but yeah, they're two games I watched a lot. What are yours, Will?
1: I rarely watch games again i've only ever watched the 2016 grand final like three times four times
0: right but you'll watch bits of
1: it yeah i mean i've seen packages of it i've seen you know i've seen the the tackle on buddy franklin and the tomboy goal like you know probably 200 times but but i i'm almost due to sit down and watch it again like i would love to sit down and watch it again but i'm not one of those people who ever like Sometimes even if I've seen a bit of a game, it, I find it hard to go back and watch the entire replay. So if I caught wow. like the third quarter, I still find it hard to go back to the start and try to watch the whole game again. I don't know why that is, but
0: uh, the unplugged podcast uh, shout out, guys! I love your show. Uh, God, I mean, I thought it was tough doing a show where half the uh, half the hosts have to talk about St Kilda. Imagine doing an entire podcast where everyone on the team is a St Kilda supporter. I look forward to hearing your thoughts this Thursday on podcast but they want to know uh, my thoughts on the left lane presser and the Bassett email messaging. Um, well as I stated earlier I didn't mind the Bassett email. It's a bit surprising I think for some Saints fans to, to find out that um, we're not meant to be in our window till next year and the left lane presser Oh, fuck, man. I think that they were just taking a bullet for Brett Ratton. I think that Brett Ratton has just had to front the media so many times this year that they said, look, someone's got to speak on behalf of the club. We'll do it. I don't think anyone at St Kilda is hiding from the fact that we're having a terrible year, but no one's coming up with any answers. And I think that's well, the frustrating hard to, part.
1: It's hard to hide from. Yeah, That's part of the thing with the email. When they say, oh, our window was really next year and people are like, it should be this year, and you go. Well, if it was this year, we've really fucked it up. <laughs> like if we thought we were, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, no, we thought we were going to be good next year. This is just part of it. Is actually a much better message if you take the time to think about it. Than oh no, we thought we were going to be guns this year. We're
0: as shocked as everybody that we're terrible. Brian says, "I hope Charlie relaxes a bit. There is hope on the horizon. It's the far horizon, but it is good. There will be two kings at his club in the next few years. This is the twins' goal they are working towards. Yeah, look, I think it'd be great." If we get a couple of kings, but well, they're going to need some help, and we don't seem to have a lot of depth in that department at the moment. Justin what you really says, need, like because you've already got enough jacks.
1: If you have a couple of kings as well, you're starting to get oh together yeah. a pretty handy, like yeah, you just need to hand, to right? An
0: ace. Yeah, get ace, an ace Cordy. You got to get Ace yeah. Cordy back, and you've got
1: to get a queen. Is there a queen like a there? like. I think there'd be a, they, they, well, it's a it's an easy name to target in recruiting, is what yeah. I would say
0: uh justin wants to know did the afl deliberately schedule the two guys one cup cup and the junk time afl pod cup on the same weekend and do the bulldogs and the blues now play each other in a final
1: i did have that thought actually when i was listening to junk time this week i was like oh their teams played each other this week as well um the blues you know are a chance still to make the finals um Uh, Like a couple of weeks ago, there was that conversation around the idea that the finals were completely locked away and the team's in there. There still is a possibility that the finals are alive. And I think that there's still three, four, five teams, if they got a little mini run on, like Gold Mm. Coast, obviously, you know, when Matt Rail's back, that
0: still have a chance to make the finals. Jack uh, says, I emailed you guys when the Saints were 50 points down on the weekend. Charlie, could you describe your feelings and attitude in the build up to the game? as it started the first half and then as it got onto the 100-point margin post-game thoughts. Jack, why uh, would I do and that? Do it, <laughs> and do it real slow. Yeah, it sounds a bit twisted, doesn't
1: it? Because I've got some that. self-love that I need to attend to. Stop Daniel uh,
0: says, given the respective demoralized supporter bases, will there be any noticeable difference in the number of people at the St Kilda North game as a result of lockdown? Uh, yeah, I reckon... Probably numbers, regardless of lockdown, were going to be pretty low. I now imagine they're going to be very low. Also, is shinbone spirit a viable vaccine candidate, and will the government roll it out by 2024-ish? If you had to take, like, just say they s- discovered that shinbone spirit yeah. is actually an effective vaccine, but to get it, you can only take it through the gut, and the needle's going to be punched in there by Ben Cunnington. It's well, 100% you, effective. You've you taken
1: nothing so far. I mean, apart from the option that I get to be in the stands and get it kicked into me by Marcus Bontempelli, if my next best option is getting it punched into my guts by Ben Cunnington, I'm fine with
0: that. (laughs) Ben wants to know, uh, well, this is more of a comment, Ben wants to say, the footy media has made everyone believe the Eagles are complete failures on the road, but they have one of the best interstate records of the last four years. Thoughts? And he's he's linked to an article that says that uh, the best team performed interstate teams are Richmond, Port, Collingwood, Geelong, Melbourne, and West Coast. Melbourne are one of the best interstate teams. Who would have thought that? Uh, The Saints and the Bulldogs are the bad, and the worst are Carlton, North Melbourne, Adelaide, Fremantle, and the Gold Coast. I don't know that there is a necessarily narrative that the Eagles suck on the road I think it's more that they're much better at home you'll always tip them at home but you're 50 50 when they travel
1: I agree they they have a fine enough record on the road you know and they have to do it you know as often as anyone in the hardest of the conditions like the fact that I think Shannon Hearn became their like equal most capped or most capped player no one at the Eagles mm. has ever played 300 games like and they say that part of that is you know, the attrition of just having to fly and play on the road all the time. All teams find it hard to win on the road. Like most yeah. teams win home games and they lose when they're on the road, and the Eagles are on the road a lot. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It's more that when they're in Western Australia, they're invincible. Like when they're on the road, Fremantle and West Coast look like they're about the same skilled team. You're like, yeah, that's right. yeah they could win, they could lose. But when Fremantle played West Coast, like West Coast looked like they were 100 points better. <laughs>
0: Uh, Matt wants to know: Did we watch the game together? No, thank goodness. In fact, we, we actually did had talk
1: a, about it, but we had some other things on and we couldn't. do Yeah, it, but
0: even prior prior way. prior to that, we had a very generous invitation from uh, Amit Baines, formerly of St Kilda Football Club, now at uh, the Western Bulldogs, and I bet you he regrets that decision. Uh, but he invited us to uh, the Bulldogs club function uh, to watch the game together, and I was thinking, God, imagine if we'd imagine if I'd gone to that. Because I would have felt, it would have been a real challenge because I'm very polite and I don't like kind of, you know, um, um, acting ungrateful or inconsiderate or whatever. And so I probably would have sat there for the whole game because I was like, well, you know, I was invited by the Bulldogs. I'm a guest and, you know, Meep got us these tickets. But, geez, I'm so glad we did not go.
1: I'm glad we did not go. I don't think I have that level of compassion in me when I'm also (laughs) being distracted by wanting to watch... Because I care for you. I would be distressed on your behalf, but at the same time, I'd be wanting to let my eyes soak in
0: the (laughs) majestic glory that was unfolding in front of me. Well, speaking of that, uh, Winking Abscess (laughs) wants to know why the Bulldogs are the most handsome team every year? They're handsome this year. Like they
1: play an attractive brand of football, and it is by attractive footballers. That's what I will say about the Bulldogs. There are some good looking cats.
0: There are. there are. Sandy uh, says, teams have to flee Victoria. There's a hub in northern New South Wales. Which players are you both volunteering to accommodate for a month? Someone to help around the house or the yard? Will, someone to protect your bins, Charlie? Who would I like to billet at my house? Um, Matt Rowell. <laughs> he seems like, I mean, you know I could, I could leave him to watch the baby. You know he'd be totally dependable. Take him into the backyard, kick a footy around. I think he'd be, he'd be a good little house guest, Matt Rao. Make some trizo pasta. I know I wouldn't have to feed like we wouldn't be complicated for me to cook for him. I mean, I live on a farm, so you've got to say Ben Cunnington.
1: Oh, he'd be great. I mean, I've got some fences that need repairing. <laughs> I've got like you know the stables need to be cleaned out. There's a whole like the gutters are an absolute nightmare. All
0: those things, Ben Cunnington would absolutely know. Uh, how do you pronounce this? Shikimi. Shikimi says with the dogs being the best for first quarter side, running away with games early will use Eddie to tell Gil how important it is to shorten the games up for the rest of the season. How did you guys go last year with the shorter games? Your first quarter, still winning first quarters?
1: We weren't as good as we are this year. Yeah. So Why would you go that's back? Not, it's yeah. fine how it is.
0: However <laughs> it is right now, seems fine. And the last little comment is from Marcus, who's like, hey, Charlie, is it time to coin a new term? Dissentified, dissainted, dissainting. I think Marcus might be a demon supporter who's probably put up a lot of shit in the past two years. All right, Marcus, I'll let you have those three free hits. Yes, that sucks. Uh, okay, that's it for two guys waking up this week. Hopefully, I'll be back next week. I mean, who knows? Maybe the competition won't be back next week. And it would bother me, to be honest. Let's just take a pause. Everyone just well, take a break from AFL b- right now. The
1: Bulldogs are like about the demons. And I've said a lot of shitty things about the demons in the last 12 months. And. I think there's a fair chance the Demons will probably beat the Bulldogs because the Bulldogs have had an interrupted week and I just think the Demons are a slightly better team still. But it will be interesting to see. I am looking forward to the game on Friday night to see where
0: the Bulldogs are out. Yeah, it'll be a good one. And hopefully uh, tomorrow we can give you our tips uh, on who we think is going to win. Uh, but for now, play on, not 15.
1: Well We are two guys, one card.